Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode 19 of The Tinderbox. We are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline. The Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy. We got a full house today. This is awesome. So expect lots of awkward pauses and people talking over each other for the next 25 to 40 minutes. So, um, everybody, quick hello. How are we doing this afternoon, morning, wherever you are in the future and past and present? I'm good. Great. I'm also good. Fantastic. We got that out of the way. Everybody's good. I love it. I would like for one day somebody to come on and be like, oh, I'm just, just nice today. today sucks. Like, this is the worst day ever. Just liven it up a little bit. We'll change it up. So we uh, decided it's too to early it. for everything to be bad. It is. It's yeah, it's it's just after lunch. Everybody's good. You know, it's a Friday. It's nobody's got the coronavirus, so everybody's happy, everybody's good. It's perfect. <laughs> For the record, could there be a worse name for a virus? Like, if you're a beer company, you're like, what the? What? what, what could it go wrong? <laughs> so anyway, now that we got health issues out of the way. Um, so we decided to do an Ask Us Anything podcast. And we try to do Ask Us Anything mailbags. And anything encompasses, I think it's pretty easy to break down anything. Anything. And so casting a wide net. You could have asked anything. And per usual, our loyal readers asked us nothing but hockey questions. So we were looking to hopefully have some fun and answer some interesting things, but we'll just hop right into answering hockey questions. So one of our first questions was, um, are there any circumstances where you could see the Flames giving up its first round pick? Um, is there is there anybody else that you think that Calgary would deal for that would require them to give up a first round pick? Or would it even be smart to give up that pick? Somebody, I anybody. generally like I like I'm just sort of predisposed to not loving making trades around the deadline because you're just going to overpay for somebody who's probably going to be gone in the next year or so. Um so I'm going to be kind of a wet blanket there and I don't I don't want to do it. Keep the first round pick, see what happens. I'll kind of I'll kind of piggyback off of Maddie's there. Uh, I don't think the Flames will give up a first round pick for a rental, but I like I could see them giving it up for perhaps a guy with term or maybe of younger age or something like that. So I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off as a possibility, but for a rental player for one playoff run, I I wouldn't think so. Michael, uh, I don't know because if you look at like last year, apparently they were rumored to be giving it up for Jason Zucker. So I mean, there has been willingness to do it before. I think some have pointed out though that this draft is also quite deep, and also last year the Flames were right at the top of the West the whole year pretty much. So they knew there was no risk of that pick perhaps even falling out of the playoffs. And this year it's just so tight that that it's very possible the Flames go on a little bit of a losing streak. Suddenly they're out of the playoffs, and that could be a lottery pick you're giving up. So. I wouldn't hate if they got somebody with two to three years on it, but 
other than that, like I don't really see them giving it up for a rental just because they do have some prospects and mid-round picks for once they could give up as well. Yeah, and Michael, I kind of like that point you just brought up too of the Flames like could just completely go in the tank. You don't know with this team. It's one day they're really good, then then one day they're really bad, and then one day they're who knows what they are. So I I think it would be a wise decision as well. I think we're all in agreement here to hold on to that pick unless something blows you away because who knows where Calgary finishes. This could be a you know a top ten or top twelve pick, or it could be a mid twenties pick. You don't know, but. Uh, I agree. I think we're all in agreement. No bueno on trading the first round pick this year if something comes up, unless you get blown away by a deal. Now, the other question we got asked a lot was, should the Flames trade both TJ Brody and Travis Hamanick? And I, you got, first off, pump the brakes. You can't trade them both. That's the most asinine thing. I think we've, like Giordano could be a guy that ends up being traded, right? So he's gone. So who's going to replace him? You need some sort of veteran presence behind him. You got Valamaki coming off an injury. You got Rasmus Anderson. You got Noah Hannafin. If you deal those two, what, what else do you got? You going to plump Michael Stone in there for eighty-two games a season? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, so I I am a big no-go on trading TJ Brody and Travis Hamidic. One of the two, maybe depending on what's available, but. I don't get the hate for Travis Hamannick. Like, there's just this giant, like, like Brody's the off and on, you know, turn it over or do something fantastic, you know. So uh, Brody, uh, give or take whatever, but I just feel like Travis Hamannick for some reason. Everybody's hating on Travis Hamannick. What's that all about? Just grouchy on Twitter. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, I know. Twitter's just like the angry teacher's lounge. Just people yelling constantly. It's just like... It's just... <laughs> I don't know. So anybody else, Gordy, uh, Michael, anybody got an opinion on trading all the defensemen, just <laughs> load with forwards and a goalie and have at it? Well, I think when it comes to trading them, um, I think you'd probably get a better return for Brody. So if if it's like what Michael says, you know, the Flames go on some ridiculous losing streak, drop out of the playoffs, and, you know, now there's sellers at the deadline. I think you'd probably be trying to trade Brody a little harder just because of, I think, the superior value and package you get back for him. But in terms of what the Flames would be trying to do on those two guys in regards to if they're going to re-sign them this summer or just let them walk, I think Hammonick could maybe be had at a little more reasonable price and he'd fit in more of a bottom six D role, which would allow you know Anderson and someone else to maybe move up. So I think maybe hanging on to Hammonick in terms of in the summer would be better. But yeah, if I were to trade one out of necessity, it would be Brody. Fair enough. That makes sense. Michael, you got an opinion on that? Yeah, I was talking with some people on Twitter, yes, the Angry Teachers Lounge the other day, and I was kind of screaming my opinion into the void as well. And it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, kind of like Gordy said, if they do totally fall off the cliff, then yeah, I think you look, that's the only time you look at trading both of them. But like, if you're trading one or the other at the deadline, either bringing something back or just trying to swap something out. I would trade Brody over Hamlet, but at the same time, if they're both around in the summer and you can only re-sign one, I think I would still bring back Brody over Hamlet. For whatever reason, I wasn't, I was not a TJ Brody guy heading into this season, but I think he's actually made a few steps forward this year, something we haven't seen in a few years, and I think even you can just notice the difference when he's been out of the lineup lately, that the Flames just don't seem as crisp for whatever reason, and... I know Brody's a guy people have to jump on, but I think he's been a lot steadier this year, which was the biggest concern with him. So I think you got to keep Brody long-term if you can. And 
honestly, if you're a good team in the NHL, you have to lose players to free agency every now and then. So mm-hmm. it's the price of trying to be a contender that occasionally guys will walk because you can't afford to pay everyone. So I don't think it's the end of the world if one or even both end up walking. Yeah, I just think it's funny that TJ Brody does catch a lot of the garbage, but he seems to be the linchpin that holds the team together. Uh, when he was out, they didn't play well. When he came back, they went on a winning streak, and people were like, nah, he still sucks. It's like, okay, whatever. It's, you just can't win. It just doesn't matter. Um, now, okay, speaking of trades, you know, we kind of have gone in and out and around it. You know, another reader asked us, are the Flames going to make a trade at the deadline? And I say yes one way or another. They're going to be a buyer or a seller one way or the, two, or the other. Uh, if they're making a push, they're going to need to buy a player. They're going to need somebody in because, honestly, I don't think this team, as it's constituted, is a team that can make a deep run um, unless they ride. Whoa. Someone fell over, I think. <laughs> Who did we lose? Michael, was that you or was that you, Gordy? <laughs> I believe it was my water bottle. <laughs> R.I.P. I was, like, I was like, someone just fell off a stool. <laughs> so... <laughs> Right on to the outlet, though, so we'll see if I'm uh, still got power in a few seconds. Well, this, this could be a uh, this could be an epic podcast here with an electrocution, something falling. It's amazing. Um, no, so as I was saying, like um, as we were saying before, Gordy's water bottle rudely interrupted us. <laughs> sounded like a sounded like a chunk of metal falling from the sky. Um, I don't think this current Flames lineup, unless they're going to ride a hot goaltender, is constituted to go deep in the playoffs. So I think if they're a team that's making a run, sure, they'll make a deal. But I can also see this team, too, if it all goes off the rails and is a hot mess, maybe they're sellers with some of their pieces. Anybody else have an opinion on that? I'm not fully ready to acknowledge the possibility of them being sellers. So just it hurts my heart. So I'm not going to do it yet. Fair enough. No, that's that's fair enough. I'd look, I don't want to see them sell either, but you know, just sometimes the way this team goes out and plays, like when they lose five to two to the Ottawa Senators, you think, uh, how good is this team really? I mean, you know? just I think there's kind of a stigma with trading too. If just because you're trading away, you know, guys on your roster doesn't mean you're, you know, packing the season in. You know, the 14, 15 flames sold a lot more guys at the deadline than they traded for, and they you know, I've won their only playoff series of this decade. So, you know, I, I don't think, you know, making a trade equals, you know, they're, you know, and I mean, make a trade as in they get rid of someone on the roster. I don't think that that'll mean they're, you know, caving, but, you know, selling someone at the deadline is certainly not the worst move for them to make. No, and it, it could be a, a bit player too. Somebody like a, I don't know, like a Derek Ryan or, a, you know, a Sam Bennett. You're like, I don't see them dumping Gaudreau or Monaghan or one of those guys at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So it could be a bit piece like that, that if it brings something back for them that might help them out, or, you know, if they're out of contention at that point and things are going bad, you know, a guy like Derek Ryan could help a playoff team or, you know, like, like they did with Froelich, even though Buffalo's really not a playoff team. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like moving stuff around like that. So, um, I guess that leads us into our next reader question, which was, do they make the playoffs? And I kind of feel like this is a loaded question because I kind of feel like it's an easy answer. And I, the easy answer is yes, just because it's like, literally, it's like in the Pacific. It's like, you want to win the division? You, you want it? Or you want us to do it? Or you want to take it? Or like, it's like, <laughs> I, it's like hot potato. I don't want it. You take the division. You know, it's like, I, I could see them making the playoffs just because it's not exactly the best division in hockey. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so they could play poorly down the stretch and still be like, hey, we're going to make the playoffs because this is like the, the NFC East. Sorry, Michael. Of, uh, <laughs> the NHL. <laughs> no, anybody, anybody disagree with that opinion outside of oh, the no. NFC East portion of that? Worst division in football. Right. Uh, I don't yeah, know. They could, like, uh, oh. they could roll into the playoffs at a cool 500. As long as it's 500. That's how it is. I hate when teams in any sport like make the playoffs if you don't win at least half of your game. Like you have to be 500 to make the playoffs. <laughs> like this, like oh yeah, we, you made the playoffs at six and ten. Uh, like who did that in the NFL one year? Did the Panthers do that? I think one year they were like six and ten and they won like the NFC South. And it was like, how can you win a division? Just give it to another team. But that's a whole different sport. Where you got? I just took us off the ramp. Um, but to get back to that, um, Michael, uh, any opinion on Flames making playoffs? Yay, nay, maybe. I mean, I don't see them falling out, even just like even if it's a wild card spot, just because like the teams below or out of the playoffs in the central really don't look all that terrifying anymore. Like the Jets are falling fast. That's probably not a great term to use for a team named the Jets, but um, <laughs> the Blackhawks are like kind of turning it around, but still like I don't know if they have enough to actually get really back into the playoff conversation. So it's like maybe they won't even get a divisional spot, but I I think they'll be hard pressed to even like fall out of a wild card spot at this point. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. Next reader question. And it's, it's the one I love the most because it makes no difference to anything. Who will be the Flames next captain? Will it be Matthew Kachuk? Yes. And I, I think it's the easiest one. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And nobody cares. Moving on to the next question. It's it's amazing that you've got a captain right now. and Everybody's like, yeah, but who's the next guy going to be? It's like, it's going to be Kachuk. Get over it. It's a stupid question. Thanks for playing. Um, so uh, unless anybody else saw any other question um, that they would, uh, you know, I mean, the other obvious one was that we got was a couple of times was like, are the Flames going to sign Taylor Hall this offseason? And I, I would say no, because he's going to require a lot of money. And you're not unloading, I think, enough. Con- I know the cap's going up a little and you're not unloading enough contracts, though, I think, to free up like $10 million for him. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not great at math, but my math senses tell me no. Yeah, anybody no. disagree with that? Uh, I would say, like, as far as I can tell, it's like they might have money if they want to go for someone in, like, the $5 million range, but I don't mm-hmm. think they have quite enough to get that, like, 8 or $9 million guy without yeah. making a few other moves on the side. Yeah, And that's still with True Living setting this team up with ridiculously team-friendly contracts. They just, they're at that point now where you've got Backlund, Giordano, uh, Gaudreau, Monahan, Kachuk, all those guys locked up, which is great to have them all locked up, but that group also does take up the bulk of your core money on the team. But mm. at the end, they do have the pretty much the best deal on a goaltender in the NHL, I think, at this point. So, all right. I think with the reader questions out of the way, unless anybody else saw something else on the old Twitter machine that they want to answer that's hockey-related, um, I think we will take a quick break here on the Tinderbox, and we will come back and discuss... The Kachucks taking over the All-Star game and your best and worst moments as a fan being the the road visitor. I probably didn't even explain that right. We will be right back on the Tinderbox. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy today. Again, full house. We covered all of your hockey-related reader questions, hopefully with in-depth analysis that gave you all the answers you could have possibly wanted. Now we're going to hop into the All-Star Game chat because Matthew Kachuk going to the All-Star Game obviously is fantastic. The fact that he's going to have to play with two Edmonton Oilers is going to be fantastic, or at least one of them at some point. And Austin Matthews will not be at the All-Star Game because he is injured, so taking his place is Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators. Um, I think I the, the best twist that I was thinking of this, the minute that I heard the whole thing going down, I was like, what would be awesome? would be to go like WWF style and have Kachuk or have like Kachuk rip off his sweater. And now he's wearing like the, uh, an Eastern, what is it? Not the, the, the Metro, whatever the division is. Does the, the Atlantic is Ottawa and the Atlantic. I'm drawing a blank here. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for helping me out there. Throwing on the Atlantic sweater. And then the two of them go out and it's like, you know, good God, that's Kachuk's music. And they tear off and just beat up the Oilers. Like I think it, the, just to have a little fun with it, like have Matthew take off the sweater and join his brother in domination at the all-star game. Um, how much fun are the Kachuk's going to be to watch at the all-star game? Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited. Uh, and, and I know you're not supposed to hit at the all-star game, but come on, really? Are those two going to play by the rules? Like, oh yeah, we'll play kind. Like I just feel they're just going to be like, who they are, and it's going to drive everybody nuts. Anybody else have a thought on that? Um, I didn't see. Do you? Uh, do you guys know what uh, events they're participating in? Uh, that I did uh... not see. Most annoying. <laughs> <laughs> How to draw the best I'll penalty? Pull it up. I know Matthews during the. I think like he's the... still shooting. I think it's the obstacle okay. course think... one. Okay. Is, he in worse, is he in worse mustache? Is that one of his <laughs> events? There's some <laughs> new ones anyway, so it might be he might be in that. Gotcha. Did you I guys just, see what's the one that's like they're firing a puck out of the stands into like yeah. onto the ice or something? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, is that that thing Gaudreau and Monaghan used to do there during the the Flame Skills competition? Where they, I, I remember a video of them like in like one of the what are you guys? What oh, is yeah, it called? The like the Opera Bowl. Yeah, they would like they'd have to put it in a spot where they would launch it up there, and I think Gaudreau beat yeah. Monahan. Yeah, that's I, when you said they were launching pucks from in, I thought pucks into the stands. That's not <laughs> going to be good. Just, you know, just picture you know, I don't know, picture a guy like Char just winding up. You're like, okay, we're going to see if we can hit that guy in <laughs> section twenty five, row thirty eight. <laughs> not good at all. Um, so Flames fairly uh, well represented at the All-Star Game. David Riddick getting an ad. So I think uh, pretty well deserved there. You guys agree with that, obviously, right? Yeah, it's pre- yeah. In a pretty undeserving year for the Flames overall, probably. Last year should have been the, the stack team going there. Yeah, no, you figure last year you had Gaudreau going, Monaghan should have gone, Lindholm should have. I always feel like Sean Monaghan's like the forgotten All-Star. And mm-hmm. I think we write that column every single year up until this year. About like what does Sean Monahan like? Like who does he have to have naked pictures of to get to the All Star game? Like who does he have to hold over a barrel? Because that poor guy has played 
just so steady and so stellar for his entire career. And last year had that huge, huge year. It still can't get to the all-star game. Just doesn't seem fair, even though it is a popularity contest. And in the end, it really doesn't matter. He'd probably rather be on vacation somewhere warm. You know, and you ever been to St. Louis? Yeah, I was just going to say, I remember last year, I think I did like a little article on it, but it's like when they were selecting the all-star teams, it's like five of the top six scores in the Pacific were on the Flames and that big five. And then like, I think it was only a draw that went, if I'm correct. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, what's kind of going on here? And then this year, I think they're probably overcorrecting for that a little bit, but oh, well, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. You take three all-stars. Like, I you know, we discussed like, you know, I think, uh, Last year's Norris Trophy winner is going based on last year's Norris Trophy for sure. Um, you know, and and Kachuk, well-deserved. I just never thought it would ever happen. Like, the fact that he's playing in an all-star game is amazing to me. I figured he'd be the guy be like, no, you stay home. You go on vacation again. You'll be fine. <laughs> so... I feel like the uh, the amount of Flames representation in the all-star game has been at least 75% injury replacement, too, because I know... Gaudreau went as a rookie replacement. Yep. Giordano went last minute. Smith went last minute. Riddick went last minute. Now it's like Gaudreau is pretty much the only guy who ever gets actually picked to go to the All Star game. No, actually, that is a good point. Yeah, and and I mean this year clearly not deserving. So it yeah. totally, totally makes sense. So now we're gonna hop into a little thing Michael brought up the other day, which I think because we were we were going back and forth one night about like, Oh, what would be cool questions and cool things to talk about? Like just off the wall and nonsense that would fill up probably three different podcasts. But Michael came up with a good one is, um, let me just make sure I get it right. Your best slash worst experience you've had watching your favorite team when they were the away team. Uh, who wants to go first with this one? Michael, you know what? You brought it up. You go. first. Okay, well, I was thinking after I asked the question, I was like, wow, I don't have a lot of good experience. I feel like every time I've gone to see my team, they've taken a loss, whether that's the Flames or the Eagles or any team. All I just remember is, like, terrible losses. So I might have to do two worst moments on this. And I would say one of them was when I was maybe 13 or 14, and I went out to visit my family in Vancouver. And we got, like, row three tickets to the Flames and Canucks. And this was, like, when the Canucks fans were at the height of their, like, most annoying and the flames were like right at the start of their rebuilds. So they were just terrible. And so yeah, there I was, like third row, and the flames just got killed that night, like five to one or something. And I just got like destroyed by Canucks fans the whole way out. And I was like thirteen at the time, so I definitely wasn't like in a position yeah, like... to fight back. But I just they were so insufferable, and I've kind of had a spite against them ever since. <laughs> that's reason. All right, that's reason. There's got there's got to be a good one to counteract that, right? Because this. You know, a 13-year-old getting berated by drunken grown men is no fun. (laughs) Well, the other one is a 10-year-old getting berated by drunken grown men, Cowboys fans. When I was uh, 10 or 11, we went to an Eagles game in Dallas, which which is not a good idea from the start. And my parents are kind of like passive football fans, whereas I'm like a hardcore Eagles fan. So I was fully decked out. My dad actually had to buy a Cowboys shirt just so people would kind of leave me alone a little bit. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was like the last game of the year, and both teams were tied. It was for the NFC East, and I was so excited going to the game. And the Eagles just – I think they got shut out, actually, which is impressive in an NFL game. And I just got held the whole way to and from the game. We took a bus from the hotel with Cowboys fans. Oh, God. That was probably the longest – 20-minute bus ride in my life. God, your family does not like you. Oh my God, what do they do to you? They tortured <laughs> you as a small child. Good Lord, poor Michael. 
My team's torture me, Mark. My team's torture me. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I got you beat. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> so so uh, you got it. Do you have a good experience? <laughs> I mean, I went to that game in Vegas earlier this year. They got killed, but it was fun at least. Last something. But literally every game I've gone to, my team's gotten killed. So. Oh, God, I Michael, you are fun. the black cloud of the podcast. You're done. You're the boy. You're up. <laughs> I was well. I guess to counteract Michael here, I've I've barely seen any away games, so I don't have too many bad experiences. Uh, the first time I saw the Flames away was in San Jose last season. I think it was the game they lost three one. It was the one where Sam Bennett couldn't score on the penalty shot, so that was terrible to see live. But I just remember hearing the Sharks fans talking about uh, sitting in the nosebleeds and the quote-unquote nosebleeds of the, you know, the Sharks arena is like the upper level of like the second tier of the Saddle Dome. And I just remember <laughs> thinking like, oh my God, like the nosebleeds in Calgary, like you can't even see the ice, like, and this is how lucky they are. And then of course, any any bad experience for a Calgary fan away is any arena is just so much nicer than the Saddle Dome. It kind of makes you <laughs> not Fair like enough. what we have here. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you have a good experience? I feel like nobody's got good experiences here. <laughs> Matt, you I mean, the, uh, the, uh, the winter classic or the heritage classic this year was pretty cool. Yeah. Seeing, you know, tons of flames fans, you know, make the trip out to Regina and sit through the cold to see them losing overtime. I guess that would, that would be a good experience. Yeah, at least you got to see him get a point. So that's yeah. a bonus. Maddie, you want to go next? Please give us something positive, <laughs> please. I, I like don't have anything. I don't think I've ever been to a game where my team has been the away team. I mean, like I covered the last, you know, couple seasons when the Flames were in Philly. Yeah. And like but that was working. Um I think they were won you, the last two. Were you there one time when Gritty fun. was nice to people? <laughs> <laughs> Did not get punched by Gritty, thanks. <laughs> so there you go. Positive experience. <laughs> there you go. First off, not to get off topic, but if there was ever going to be an NHL mascot to punch somebody, wouldn't it be gritty? Just looking at him, oh, yeah. he's just nuts. All right, so anyway, continue. Fully Carry on. don't think this one happened, but... It's a great story one way or another. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're the kid that allegedly got punched. Yeah, that's not cool. You know, but eh, whatever. So, so uh, all right, so no, no, no positives, no real negatives? Just work. Just work. Fair enough. So, I... Yeah, I'm kind of like Michael here with the negatives. Um, as a kid, I used to go because the Patriots were so terrible. I used to be able to drive up Sunday afternoon, like 20 minutes before the game would start, and buy Dolphins Patriots tickets and watch Dan Marino play. And we would sit in the and you would sit in the end zones at Old Sullivan Stadium, which they were metal ble metal bleachers, and it was always the, like the day after Christmas or the day before New Year's. And I remember one year going and it being so cold. I was all excited. I bought one of those stupid inflatable helmets and I blew it up and it was so cold. It cracked when it was on my head. <laughs> it, was, it froze. It was ridiculous. But that wasn't really the worst. The, the next one was the year that I went in high school where I, I finally, we all had our driver's licenses and, you know, nobody, none of my friends liked the Patriots. Actually, one of my friends that it was me as a Dolphins fan, my buddy, Tommy, who was a Raiders fan. And my buddy Keith, who was a Bears fan. So I was, you know, and my buddy Tony was a Patriots fan. So it was really only the two of us that cared. And I remember sitting there on a very extremely cold December afternoon as a 16 and a half, probably wasn't even 17-year-old kid, 
literally getting full cups of beer thrown at me for four quarters. <laughs> full oh cups God. of beer just raining down from the heavens. I just, I was all psyched. I had this nice brand new Dolphins hoodie that I got for Christmas. And I just came home and my dad was like, what? I was like, they just threw beer at me all day long. And having a supportive father, he was like, well, that's what you get for wearing that there. <laughs> so that, that, that was one of them as a kid. The other one was, as we've all done, it's thankfully those good old Calgary Flames helping us all out. I was there at the We Want 10 game in Boston. Um, where it, and it, I went with uh, my cousin John, and I met my cousin Matt there and his wife. And then I had a friend from high school. They're all Bruins fans. And I'm sitting in the loge seats, and I had my Heritage Classic jersey on, so I was very easy to find in the stands because I looked like I should have been slinging burgers or shaking hands outside of McDonald's. And, and I remember sitting there in that game and just every goal just being like, oh, my God, what is happening? And then the chant, like, we want 10. We, and the game finally ends, and my cousin's like, hey, meet me all over at uh, Sully's, which is a Bruins bar right across. It's Sullivan's Tap. It's, the, it's a classic Bruins, like, dive, just junky, gross bar. And I remember walking over to the bar and like give the guy my ID. And he's like, you really want to go in there with that? <laughs> I'm like, what do I care? This is not a Bruins rival. Nobody cares. And he's like, all right. He's like, well, you live here. He goes, if everybody gives you a hard time, come out, tell me, we'll throw them out of the bar. I'm like, all right, whatever. And I literally walked into the bar and I stepped foot in there. And um, you guys ever seen the police Academy movies? No, I'm totally dating myself. Cause I'm, old. <laughs> um, but anyway, there's a scene in those movies where two like goofball cops always end up walking into this bar called the blue oyster. And it's a gay bar. And every time they walk in the music stops and like the record scratches and like everybody just looks at them. And that's what it was like when I walked into the bar, it was just dead silence <laughs> And this huge guy. I mean, I'm not very big anyway, but he had to have been like six, four, just big giant guy. And a Terry O'Reilly Jersey walks over to me and looks at me and sizes me up. And I'm like, okay, this is where I die. This is fantastic. And this horrible dive bar. And he puts his arm around me and he goes, bud, I feel bad for you. What are you drinking? Come to the bar with me. And that guy bought me beers all night. It was awesome. <laughs> oh my God. So, so bad turned into bad turned into a good experience. But I, I think my, my favorite best sports experience ever, other than flying to Miami and watching the Dolphins beat the Patriots on opening weekend, was the uh, Wildcat Ronnie Brown game at Foxborough. Uh, where Ronnie Brown threw a touchdown, ran for two out of the Wildcat. The Dolphins smoked the Patriots, and I was the most obnoxious human being on the planet while I was there. It's a miracle <laughs> I didn't get stabbed in the stadium, on the way to the car, in my car, and on the way home. So, yeah, so that's that. The, the Flames have ruined us all, and Michael and I have horrible football, horrible, violent, beer-soaked memories of the NFL. So it's good. <laughs> good. It's just a it's a very uplifting podcast we're doing today, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anybody else got anything else they want to talk about to, uh, you know, uplift the the listeners? Oh, it's, we can watch a a good football team win in Miami this week or next weekend. Oh yeah, Kansas City's playing, right? Uh, San Francisco, actually. Uh, see, I stopped. I stopped caring when Tan I stopped caring when Ryan Tannehill got eliminated. <laughs> that was the ultimate redemption story. I'm like, come on, Tannehill, just hoist the Super Bowl trophy in Miami. It would just be <laughs> such amazing justice. It's awesome. <laughs> but I've moved on to going. Well, the Dolphins are going to draft Tua, and one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to have my grandmother's hip, and she's been dead for six years, or they're going to pass on him, and he's going to be the next great thing. There's no medium, <laughs> so. Anyway, if that's all we got, uh, we are going to wrap it up here on the Tinderbox. Once again, we are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. If you like this podcast and you like what you heard, you may download this at iTunes, 
or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio by searching Matchsticks and Gasoline or Calgary Flames. Maddie, Michael, Gordy, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. This was a good time. Uh, we took reader questions. We talked about the All-Star game, and then we just talked about how miserable it is to watch your favorite team play somewhere. Awesome, guys. Thank you for joining me again. And everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.